When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, welcome to the Game Week 16 preview episode of the 59th Minute FPL podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on the various social media platforms at FPL General. Game Week 15, the midweek Game Week is in the books and it's another quick turnaround. The Game Week 16 deadline is on Saturday morning, 11am UK time. We then get a bit of a breather with the Game Week 17 deadline, not until next Friday. In today's episode, a quick review of how the troops performed. We'll check on the minutes of the players midweek, update the watch list, highlight a few stats, answer listener questions, summarise the press conference news from today and finish with a look at captaincy and transfers for the weekend. There will be episodes on Monday and Friday next week, so make sure you hit subscribe or follow for those. A quick review of how the team performed midweek. We will keep it brief because it was not a good game week. Overall, very low scoring affair. One free transfer. Ended up selling Matty Cash, who I no longer wanted to own with the tricky fixtures and the rotation risk. Brought in Pedro Porro, so that was a good move at least. Got the assist and a couple of bonus points as well, despite conceding the two goals. Porro looked very good against West Ham, so a good long-term pick in there now. 28 points in total, so basically the 50k green arrow from the weekend was wiped out completely. I was 157k got up to 103k and all the way back down now to 158k. So back to where I started basically two weeks ago. Johnston blanked in goal. He's going to have to go soon. Poro with five. Blank for Gabriel. Shimakis didn't play, so I only managed to get 10 on the pitch again. Son blanks and possible injury concerns now, which we'll talk about later. Mbumo with a six-pointer and off after 39 minutes. Another injury to deal with. I had Madison. I had Bowen. I had Eze, and now I have Mbumo, so hopefully the player that I've already brought in is not the next player to get crocked. Gordon blanked as well, but good fixtures coming up. Captain Salah with six. Watkins got a one-pointer, and the Manchester City strikers also blanked Haaland and Alvarez. As always, I had a look at the minutes from the midweek action. No new members joining the 59th Minute Club, but always good to highlight a few players that didn't get 90 minutes. So injuries, first of all, to Mitchell at Crystal Palace. He only played 28 minutes. Kolyosho, who is a very good talent at Burnley, only played 35. And Mbumo, as mentioned, 39 minutes. Reese James came off the bench for Chelsea to play 45. We'll talk about him later. McAllister at Liverpool seemed to pick up some kind of wound on his knee. He played 58 minutes, so he was the closest to joining the club this week. At Bournemouth, two players who are already in the club were almost 
joining it again. Clivert and Semenyo both got to 61 minutes. Martinelli at Arsenal, 63 minutes. And worryingly for me, Alvarez only played 67 and Phil Foden, 72. So as always at the weekend, keep an eye on those clocks. A watch list update ahead of game week 16. Players removed, two Arsenal defenders. I've already got Gabriel in my team and I am not looking to double up on the Arsenal defence given they conceded three to Luton recently and they've got three or four difficult fixtures coming up so I don't see myself doubling up until at least after I play the wild card whenever that is. We'll talk about that in the questions as well. Saliba's gone from the watch list as is Zinchenko. Zinchenko, a bit of a minute's risk anyway. Lascelles also gone from the watch list because I prefer Livramento if I'm going for a very cheap Newcastle defender. He also went off with a bit of a niggle so that's one to keep an eye on if you own him. Uh, We'll update that in the team news section of the podcast. Anyhow, does not think it is anything major, possibly a dead leg. Players added to the watch list. Harry Maguire, player of the month in the Premier League, I think I've seen on Twitter today. So he is putting his demons behind him and playing some good football at the moment. FPL-wise, he's very, very cheap. If you are looking for... A decent bench option over the December period. I think he could do a lot worse than bringing Maguire. He's got some attacking potential as well. Picked up an assist in the most recent game. Maguire's on the watch list. Probably not going to end up buying him though. Douglas Louise, who I removed recently, is back. He blanked midweek, but he passed the eye test again. And his underlying numbers were good. There's lots of avenues to point for Douglas Louise. And Aston Villa are having a fantastic season. If you have Douglas Louise, probably a good long-term hold. And if you don't have him, a player you can certainly consider bringing in in the near future. Especially now that Diaby isn't really an option as a rotation risk in that Aston Villa attack. Douglas Louise is your steady Eddie who will take over over the long term. Another player added is Matoma at Brighton. He hasn't been on the watch list for a while. I think their fixtures are improving now. He's always an option. Is he in the top five midfielders? Probably not. But if you're looking for something different, which a lot of people probably are, FPL feels a bit stale at the moment. A lot of people picking the same players. That's not going to change my approach. I just pick the players I think are going to get the most points. I'm not going to be different for the sake of being different. But Matoma is always an option when he's fit. So he's back on the watch list. As is Raheem Sterling. He's been on and off it a few times. Sterling... To spoil the transfer section of the podcast, I brought in Cole Palmer on Thursday night, which a lot of people will do if they don't already own him for the injured Brian Mbumo. Feels like every man and their dog are going to own Cole Palmer now. So that makes me think if you want to capitalise more so on the Chelsea attack when they have good fixtures, maybe you go Sterling and Cole Palmer or maybe some people will just swell, swerve Palmer and get Sterling instead as a differential. So I don't mind it. We know he's explosive. We've seen it earlier in the season. Was it a 19-pointer? Maybe even a 21-pointer? He's got those in him. He's not having the best season. But I do like him with Chelsea having better fixtures to come. So Sterling is in my thoughts. Not going to rule out the double up at some point in the next couple of weeks. I've added Garnacho as well from Manchester United. Looks to be first choice at the moment. Very good underlying statistics, which I'll talk about soon from the most recent game. 
And Matthias Cunha at Wolves has also been added. He's probably on the watch list in the early part of the season as well. Wolves having a good season. Huang is the obvious pick if you want a Wolves attacker. But if you're looking for a cheap forward to enable other moves, Cunha is a good option and he's got a good fixture this week. That is the watch list updated ahead of the weekend's action. A few stats now from the midweek action from the Fantasy Football Scout members area. Defenders up first, Pedro Porro. I'm a very happy new owner, despite the clean sheet being wiped out. Five goal attempts, three of them from inside the box, and five chances created in that West Ham fixture. If you don't have Porro, he should be up there as one of the top targets. Maybe not this week, difficult fixture, but certainly giving 17 Tottenham's fixtures improve again. Porro taking a lot of corners, he took eight mid-week. Trent Alexander-Arnold, a player who most people don't own, but I'm sure a lot of people would like to own if it was easier to get there. Seven chances created in game week 15. Reese James came on at half-time and created three chances in 45 minutes. I'm sure a lot of people are tempted by him with Chelsea's good fixtures. I'm not. I've been there before. Got the t-shirt. It's not a very nice t-shirt. Don't wear it ever. And I don't plan on going back there. So if I buy a Chelsea defender, it's probably going to be Colwell. But it was a worrying defensive performance from Chelsea against Manchester United. Midfielder numbers. Five chances created for Odegaard, Olise and Bruno Fernandes in midweek. Douglas Louise, four chances created. So there they are. Good numbers again for the Aston Villa man. Garnacho, eight goal attempts, seven shots in the box. That really caught the eye. As did McTominay with seven goal attempts, six from inside the box. And McTominay had four big chances in that game. So we'll talk about those two later in the episode as well. I do think they're fine as fifth midfielders. Good fixture this week. I slightly favour Garnacho, I think, if I was going to have to use them quite often in the starting eleven. But both look like decent enablers now. I'm not going to get overly excited about one big spike in underlying numbers in one game week but certainly one to keep an eye on and hopefully as a fan Manchester United can improve over the next couple of game weeks and build on that Chelsea performance Brennan Johnson no attacking returns but he did have five shots in the box Gabriel Jesus had five chances created for Arsenal Calvert-Lewin and Raul Jimenez had six shots in the box great to see Jimenez back with a brace a great FPL pick back in his Wolverhampton Wanderers days. Ollie Watkins had four shots in the box, as did Archer at Sheffield United. So if you still have Archer, maybe the managerial change will help. And Erling Haaland blanked, but he did have two big chances. Before I run through the team news and answer listener questions, a quick Patreon plug. FPL content creation is my full-time job. It has been for five years now. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. You'll get ITES podcasts, Thursday night live streams, Q&As, team reveals and more. A run-through now of the team news for Game Week 16. First up, as always, is Arsenal. A couple of days ago, there was a few comments from Arteta on Tommy Asu. He said, we had a scan, not good news. He's got an injury in his calf and he's going to be out for a while. At Aston Villa, nothing of notes. Also, nothing new at Bournemouth. 
at Brentford's Thomas Frank on Thursday about Brian Mbumo. He said, it is bad. I don't know how bad. We don't have the exact number of weeks. He will definitely be out for Saturday and four weeks. So looks like Mbumo's going to be out for a few weeks at least. Definitely a sell if you have him. Late fitness test for Jensen. At Brighton, Lewis Dunk is available following his suspension. Hopefully he behaves himself for the next couple of weeks. Burnley, Colioso out long-term with that injury. Nothing new at Chelsea. Nkunku's been training, but he's not ready to be involved just yet. At Crystal Palace, left-back Mitchell has been ruled out for the weekend. Eze is nowhere near a return. And Hodgson said he would have to make a, a call on whether Elise starts, given his recent recovery from injury and the tight turnaround this week. So a slight doubt over Olise. Everton on Pickford. Sean Dye said he's just got a niggly thing on his knee. I'll find out more tomorrow. I don't think it's anything too serious. So Pickford probably going to be okay by the sounds of that. Garner could return after illness. And Onana is close to a return as well. Seamus Coleman, first start for a while. But he is now a doubt for the weekend. Nothing of notes at Fulham. At Liverpool, Allison is back in full training, so we could see him back in place of Kelleher. That was a short fling for those who went with Kelleher. Matip is out for the season with an ACL injury. McAllister is expected to miss out with that knee issue. No updates at the time of recording from Luton or Manchester United. At Man City, Rodri and Grealish are back from suspension. At Newcastle, on Lascelles, Eddie Howe said, I don't think it's serious. Looks like a dead leg. Nottingham Forest, nothing new. No comments yet from Sheffield United. At Tottenham, this is probably the most important update of the week. Postacoglu says there's no update on Son. I should say lack of an update rather than update. He was a bit sore after the game, said Postacoglu. They'll wait to see what the outcome is and whether he's ready for Sunday. He also said at the end of the presser that there's nothing apart from Sonny that looks too significant. So up to yourself what you make of that. I recommend going and watching that yourself. Go to the Spurs Twitter account or X account. And they posted a video of Postacoglu where you can actually watch word for word what he said about Son. I own him. Probably just going to keep them and hope for the best because the fixtures are very good for three or four game weeks after this one. Even if worst case scenario, he did miss this one. If he was back then the week after, I would want them again. Despite all the blanks, I still think he's a very good FPL pick. At West Ham on Areola, who missed out midweek with a wrist injury. These comments from Moyes were from Thursday night, not Friday. He's just got a little bit of a ligament damage in his wrist, so we're not quite sure if he's ready. We thought he'd be ready for tonight, so we'll find out. So doesn't sound too serious, but there is doubts. I would suggest if you have Areola and the other goalkeeper, you probably do make a goalkeeper switch this week. No updates from Wolves. Actually, just seen it, just came through. Josie saw is back in training and could come back in. Eight Neary doing a bit of training, but unlikely to feature at the weekend. Question time now. The first one is from Andy FPL Mode. Who is your preferred Mbumo replacement for the same price or less? I noted down one or two options and very quickly I had about seven or eight names noted down. There's plenty of places you can go if you're selling Brian Mbumo this week. I think the obvious replacements and the best replacements are the usual suspects. Palmer at Chelsea, great fixtures coming up. You're probably planning to buy him soon anyway if you don't already own him. So just get that move done this week. That's what I've done. Anthony Gordon, if you don't have him, still a very good pick. Good fixtures coming up as well. 
Elsewhere, Huang, very good fixture this week, and he's having a very good season. On four yellows, and he's going to the Asian Cup, but if you want points, you probably just get him, and you sell him at some point in the near future. Raheem Sterling, who we mentioned earlier, like him as a differential, maybe if you already have Palmer, and you really want to attack those Chelsea fixtures, you could get both. Douglas Louise, a good long-term pick. Maybe not the best time to buy him this week with a fixture, but he can return in any game with the set pieces and penalties. Kudus at West Ham, I still like. He is cheaper than Mbumo, but if you've got cash, you know the question was same price or less. If you've got extra money, I would go Bowen instead of Kudus, but Kudus is a good option in his own right. Matoma, we mentioned earlier, back on the watch list. Don't mind him as an option. And then you've got the punts at Manchester United, Garnacho or McTominay. But again, coming back to those guys, Palmer if you don't have him, Gordon if you don't have him, and then it's maybe a Huang or a differential like Sterling. Question from Sir Errol. I don't have Saka or Son. Which one to prioritise? Current information, going into game week 16, I think it's got to be Saka even though it's Villa this week. There's some slight concerns over Hyungman Son's fitness. He has blanked a lot recently as well, and Saka has been very, very consistent. I do not like not owning Saka. And if I was to wildcard this week, which is unlikely, I say it every week, if I wildcarded, Saka would be one of the first names on the team sheet. My 3-4-3 formation with Alvarez makes it quite tricky to get to Saka, which is frustrating every week because he does hurt the rank with all those points that he gets. I know it's not a huge amount of points, but he ticks over quite nicely. So if you don't have either player, I would go Saka over Son this week. And I think if you own Son, you probably keep him. But if you have a free transfer and you have nothing else to do, I don't mind Son to Saka for free. I don't think I'm going to do it for a minus four, though, when you take into account the difficult Arsenal fixture. So I would prioritise Saka over Son at the moment. Question from FPL Alexa. Alexa, please give me some FPL points. In terms of enablers, is McSauce the best option to replace the fish and chips pick that was Mbumo? He seems to be first choice now, having played every single minute for United in the last nine games in all competitions. Seven straight starts in the League 2. Decent option, but again, I'm not getting excited because we've been saying all season there's so many good FPL midfield options, you know, Bowen's fit again, we've got the Arsenal guys, we've got Son, we've got the cheap guys like Gordon and Palmer, you've got Sterling as a differential now, and plenty of others, Huang's having a great season, and those guys, even though they're extremely cheap, McTominay and Garnacho are not anywhere near my top five midfielders, yes, great enablers if you want to get a Trent or a Trippier, for example, in defence, but I am not getting overly excited just yet after one good performance. I mean, it's not just one good performance, but there was a big spike in the numbers this week. So, decent enablers, but I still don't think they're worth a free transfer. Maybe if you're wildcarding and you're restructuring and you're going for 3-5-2 instead of 3-4-3, for, for example, you could put someone like McTominay in. Good option, playing well, getting goals for Scotland as well, but not getting overly excited. He's got five league goals for the season now, which is impressive at what is he about 4.9 million so yeah not for me but i'm sure plenty of other people will go there question from fpl swat thank you fpl swat for retweeting the podcast almost every week it doesn't go unnoticed and it's very much appreciated having bought darwin a couple of weeks ago should i admit defeat and bring watkins back in or roll the darwin dice one more time away to crystal palace if i sold watkins for darwin last week 
I would be staying with Darwin for now. Watkins has another difficult fixture this week. Darwin got didn't start midweek, so you'd fancy him to start against Crystal Palace. Palace have been very poor recently, as I well know, as a Johnston owner. I would keep Darwin for Palace. I like him slightly more than Watkins this week. And then you probably switch back to Watkins at some point before game week 18, maybe as soon as game week 17. But yeah, I would be on Darwin for one more week. Chances are you've got something else you can do or just roll the transfer. Question from FPL Tom, who is the best Chelsea defender to buy? I think it's Caldwell, 4.5, very cheap, should get most games, whereas Reese James is always a rotation risk slash injury risk. If he sneezes, he could be gone for another couple of weeks. So I've got no interest in James, haven't been there many times before and promised myself I wouldn't go back again. Caldwell, I think, is the best option. Also, Sanchez, the goalkeeper, is an option as well, but I'm looking... I'm looking to sell Johnston soon. Possible, I might sell him for a couple of weeks before the wild cards. Wild cards looking like game week nineteen most likely. I still think Dubravka just because of his price and good Newcastle fixture soon after this game week is my preference over Sanchez. So I like Dubravka and Colwell, for example, in a combination. Question from FPL Bafana: Is it time to exit the Crystal Palace defence, and where would you look to invest as an alternative? The answer is an overwhelming yes. Crystal Palace have been poor, but more worryingly is the fixtures. Liverpool, Man City, Brighton, Chelsea, Brentford, Arsenal. Where do you go if you're selling the Palace defender? You could go for a Colwell, as mentioned. Pedro Porro, if you've got a bit of cash in the bank. I still like the Newcastle guys, if you can afford them, or you could go cheap with a Liveramento. Chelsea, I mentioned with Colwell. And Harry Maguire, if it's for the bench or in a rotation, maybe you could rotate your third and fourth defender with Maguire if something like that works out for your squad. So certainly you don't want Palace defenders for the next five or six game weeks. Question from FPL Just Brill. Should Turner and Areola owners take a minus four? Yeah, I think that's fine. If you're looking at the prospect of having no goalkeeper this week, which is certainly a, a, a big possibility with the Areola wrist issue, just take a minus four, get get a goalkeeper in, you know, a good pick for the long term, maybe a Dubravka, maybe a Sanchez, something like that. Don't worry about the minus four, it might feel wrong to do so, but if, if there's a chance you're going to get zero from your keeper anyway, you may as well, you know, just get, get the move done this week and be done with it. So absolutely, if I had those two, I would be taking a minus four if, for example, I already sold Mbumo. Question from Keith Masters. What are my thoughts on Palmer and Trent in for Gabriel and Mbumo? Sounds great. Mbumo's out. Gabriel's got tough fixtures. Palmer's great fixtures. Trent has been smashing it and is a decent FPL pick. A lot of people, I think, with two frees will be doing something like that. They will downgrade Mbumo to Palmer or Gordon. That opens a few doors for players like Trent and Trippier or maybe even a new striker. If you don't have Watkins or you sold them recently, downgrading Mbumo you know, probably makes it easier to get Watkins back. So absolutely fine to do those kind of moves. Question from Nathan. Where can we differentiate from the crowd? It really feels like this season... Everyone's making the same moves. Highlighted by Mbumo getting injured, now seems like everyone will buy Palmer. Yeah, it does. I said it earlier. FPL feels a bit stale at the moment, but got to remember we are living in little bubbles. You know, Twitter bubbles. Maybe you're on a on, on a Slack channel where you're you know every day might feel like people are making the same moves. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, not everybody's buying 
Gordon and Palmer. You know, more casual managers will buy Huang, for example. People will take punts on Sterling. There's there's still ways to be different, but I always say it, don't just don't worry about what other people are doing. If you feel like if you feel like Palmer or Gordon are great FPL picks, just buy them. Don't avoid them just because you see everyone else buying them or you see all the content creators talking about buying them. There's a reason why they're talking about them or they're buying them because they're predicted to score the most points over the next few weeks so they've got the best fixtures or they're penalty takers, etc. So don't overthink it. Don't differentiate for the sake of it. Even if you're way down the rankings, just pick the players you think are going to get the most points. You know, Simplify it. If you, if you want to buy Palmer... But if you're having pause because you think everyone else is going to get him, what's the fun in that? You know, if you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to get a Huang. Huang looks good this week, but he has four yellows, goes away in January. If you think to yourself, do you know what? Long term, Palmer probably outscores him, but I'm going to get Huang anyway. Just why would you do that? Because you're thinking, you if you think Palmer scores more points than Huang over five or six weeks, just get Palmer. Don't get Huang just to be different. So just simplify it and forget about everyone else and focus on on your team because if you look in many leagues, overall rankings, teams are not exactly the same. You know, I went down, I went up 50k last week, I went down 50k this week because teams are not exactly the same. Final question this week is from John Hyde. I've also got my wild card available. Are you tempted to wait until game week 20 to play it so you don't have to worry about African Cup nations and Asian Cup players? So... Just to be clear, anyone who still has your wildcard available, this is from the rules section of the FPL website. The first wildcard will be available from the start of the season until this... I can't... Hold on, I need to pause this. I've, I've blocked out the text. Give me one second. There we go. The first wildcard will be available from the start of the season until Saturday the 30th of December at 11 o'clock. So Saturday the 30th of December is the day of the Game Week 20 deadline. So we can play it just before game week 20 that is the last time we can play it so i think those of us who have it will most likely play it either for game for the games in game week 19 some people might wait that extra week and play it for the games in game week 20 so i don't have a plan yet i'm just going to see how it falls when i arrive there if i can survive that long without playing it before that um obviously it could be played at any point and i'm sure Listeners will be glad to get to January because you no longer have to listen to me talking about when I will play my first wildcard. I'll, I'll then be starting to talk about when I will play my second one. But thankfully, that won't be until the second half of the second half of the season. So I don't have a plan yet. Am I tempted to wait until game me 20 to factor in those competitions? Possibly. It does make it a little bit easier if you play it in the very last game week. You've obviously got as much information as possible at that point. And you're as close as you can be with a wild card until, you know, when those players are going away. So probably, you know, looking at the fixtures, I think I'm more likely to play it in 19, for game week 19, than I am for game week 20. But again, we'll just, I'm just keeping, keeping an open mind on that. So basically, I just hate having this wild card. It's been, a, it's been a nightmare. It's been burning a hole in my pocket all season. Probably should have played it at some point before now so I can just focus on other things. But here we are, as long as nothing crops up between now and the deadline tomorrow. It'll be in the pocket again for another week. Captain C now for game week 16. I think it is a straight shootout. Haaland is away to Luton Town. Mohamed Salah is away to Crystal Palace in the early kickoff. Salah did come off early midweek, so that tells me he will start at the weekend. But who knows with Klopp, he makes it very clear 
very often and he does not like these short turnarounds. He was arguing with people again midweek about it live on air. That would not influence my decision on captaincy. Though if you fancy Salah this week, that wouldn't put me off. But for me, Erling Haaland, I moved it off him last week for Salah. Both players blind, so no damage done. The armband is firmly back on Haaland this week for the fixture against Luton. Elsewhere, tricky captaincy in the game's... Aston Villa play Arsenal, so you're probably going to avoid that one. And likewise, Tottenham play Newcastle. So the fixtures are not very friendly this week in terms of captaincy, which is why I think most people will go Haaland's and then Salah Salah will probably be a close second. Game week 16, transfer thoughts and my team. Already did Mbimo to Palmer before the price rise. The team is currently looking like Johnston, Poro, Gabriel, Shimakis, Salah, Son, Gordon, Palmer. Haaland captain, Alvarez and Oli Watkins. So the start at 11 feels okay this week. Gabriel's got a tricky fixture, but you know most people have an Arsenal defender. Shimika should start because he didn't start midweek. Elsewhere, hopefully Alvarez starts because it's a good fixture against Luton and he's a bit of a differential for me. Obviously, slight concerns over Human Son, but like I said earlier, just going to keep him and hope for the best unless we get new information. There was a few tweets saying Poro was limping after the game, but you know nothing concrete, and I don't think that's anything to worry about. Johnson plays Liverpool, that's not great. Could I take a minus four for a goalkeeper this week? Possibly, but players like Dubravka and Sanchez don't have good fixtures this week, so I'm probably just going to hold off on that and hope Johnson gets lots of saves against Liverpool, and in particular, he saves nine Darwin Nunes' big chances. Gabriel, like I said, difficult fixture and hopefully Alvarez starts. The wildcard's an option, a minus four is an option, but I think I'm just going to leave it at that. Mbimo to Palmer, Captain Haaland, and just hopefully survive again without too much damage being done. There we have it. Thank you for taking the time to listen, folks. Best of luck for the game week, and I'll talk to you again on Monday. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. Anyone who does so will get sent a link to join my FPL Discord server. Talk to you soon, folks. Have a good one. Sports Social Podcast Network.